1: And may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain!
0: Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room.
1: Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show.
0: Indeed it is, John. Indeed it is. Listen. It's Friday. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in the lovely city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is finally Friday. By God, y'all, we made it. We worked hard this week. We've we've with our fingernails, we've worked hard. We've scratched, we've fought, we've we've bled, we've sweated, and guess what? It's Friday. We have made it. It's Friday, April the 28th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 848 of the Brian Hanks show presented by Lenora Community College. My co-host uh John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. They will be joining me at the end of the second hour today for a rousing edition of Who Sang It. That's right. We're not doing the birthday game today because uh Jonathan had already wrapped it up earlier this week and we decided, you know what? Let's play uh Who Sang It. We've not done that in a hot minute. Uh it's gonna be a lot of fun, but that'll be at the end of our second hour today. Man, we've got another great show for you today. Joining me here in our first hour, our regular Friday guest. He's a knower of all things NASCAR, NHL, Carolina Hurricanes. It's the irrepressible Paul Whittington. Uh, He'll be joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line. We're going to get caught up on the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Whew, game six is tonight. Man, a big, important game six tonight for the Canes in New York on Long Island. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we're going to, that's what I want to talk to him about first is just breaking that down and, uh, just, I mean, I'm serious. Just, uh, finding out what happened, uh, in our, uh, last, uh, the last game that we played in and, uh, again, just can't wait to talk to him about that. Uh, preview tonight's game, which I got to tell you. I'm worried, man, if uh the Canes lose tonight's game and it's a game seven back in Raleigh. I'm not gonna BS you. I'm a little bit worried. I really wonder, you know, when you've got that momentum stopped, uh the way they did, they were up three games to one, could have wrapped it up last week or you know, earlier this week and didn't do that. I'm I'm very, very concerned. So anyway, uh, game six tonight, that game is at seven o'clock. It'll be on TBS. You'll be able to watch that. And then if there is a game seven, it's going to be, uh, in Raleigh on Sunday. We don't know the time yet, uh, because we've got all these other series that are uh, going on too, that, uh, that may be, you know, the, if necessary kind of stuff, but anyway, you know what, enough talk about that, because we're going to talk to Paul about that. We're also uh, going to talk to him about, uh, last week's NASCAR cup race in Talladega. We're going to preview the monster mile in Dover and much more with him uh man i gotta tell you very excited about our second hour uh not that i'm not excited about paul because man i love having paul on every week obviously but i gotta tell you i'm really excited about our second hour we're gonna be uh uh we're gonna have a first timer to the show join us as former kinston and Furman basketball star wesley collins is gonna be joining us on the spence automotive guest line from moorhead city Gotta tell you, I had heard his name before, didn't know him, but I met him over the weekend at Jerry House uh Jerry House. Jerry Stackhouse's personal uh North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame celebration in Raleigh on Saturday. And uh Paul and I Paul went with me to that and Paul and I chatted with him. I was very impressed with him and I uh, just wanted to get him up here on the show. So we're going to uh, catch up with him. If you remember, and I hate to say, I don't remember if he was class of 91 or class of 92, but he played with Jerry at uh, Kinston high. Then when he left Kinston, like I said, he went on to Furman. His son is going to be playing at Furman next year. And it just for you old heads uh, for you, uh, Kenston folks, it's a a, a guy i gotta tell you here's what's crazy uh he's probably if i'm doing the math here if he's class of 91 he's probably what 32 probably 50 years old looks like he's about 35 it's crazy the man is in great shape when he was trying to tell me he played with jerry i just i was like there's no way because i know jerry's on the threshold of 50 years old himself too this guy looks like he's 35 years old and man got some great stories i actually uh Talked to uh, Craig Hill the other night, and Craig, was, uh, Coach Craig Hill, was telling me about when uh, Wes was at Kinston High School and just what a great player he was, what a great guy he was, and uh, I experienced. Well, I didn't see the player part, obviously, but I experienced the uh, just the great dude part of it. And think you guys are going to love him. Uh, for For my kids that are listening, a little bit of Kinston basketball history for you. And uh, like I said, just can't wait to uh, get uh, Wes here on in our second hour. And then we'll do the uh, Who's Sang It after that. And by golly, we'll be done with a week of uh, shows here on uh, the Brian Hank show. So let's get started uh, with our monologue here. And uh, listen, a change in schedule for LCC Baseball. Uh, you know, we've been talking LCC Baseball all week. Now uh, they had that tough loss on uh, tuesday against or at uh pitt community college they are now 30 and 14 overall they're 22 and 9 in region 10 and originally the lancers were supposed to go up to uh, virginia beach today and play a doubleheader today and then play a single game tomorrow well they've moved it back because of the incoming weather and i don't know i mean uh if you are listening to us on the replay at three o'clock you're probably going what weather because and even at 706 a.m. as i'm doing the show live right now it is beautiful outside i mean there's some clouds in the sky don't get it twisted but uh it it's nice it's well lit much like my uh, plush studio here but uh i guess they were anticipating some uh some rain coming through uh this afternoon and tonight So, uh, they've moved those games back. So, now LCC will be traveling to Virginia Beach to take on Bryant and Stratton. uh, Two games tomorrow and then one game on Sunday. And uh, then when we uh, join you on Monday's show, we'll have a good idea of where the Lancers will be playing. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me there. Uh, Where the Lancers will be playing uh and the region 10 tournament down to moorhead i unless they just completely fall apart they're going to have the number one seed in the uh in the region 10 tournament uh next week in uh moorhead city very excited about that we're going to go down there for a couple of games they play their first game on thursday and i'm excited about that because if it's uh if if there's the number one seed it'll be the late game but i don't mind man we're going to have a, a good time Uh, down in Moorhead watching LCC uh, win their way to a Region 10 tournament and then to the College World Series. So uh, next week's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, But again, LCC, they play two games tomorrow. Uh, They play one game on Sunday. You know what, while I'm talking about LCC, why don't I uh, give them their plug? They are uh, the title sponsor of this here Brian Hanks show, and we're so, so, so thankful for them. For 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu. Or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you, my friend, can change your life today. Summer semester for uh, Lenore Community College uh, begins May 22nd, so we are just right around the corner of that happening, what, three weeks from Monday. So uh, if you want to go to LCC, give them a call, 252-527-6223, and tell them uh, Brian Hanks on The Brian Hanks Show talked you into it. I, I get lots of cool points with Richie Honeycutt if you do that. Uh, listen, also want to thank uh, our good friends over to Rendell Parrot Academy. They are the largest independent non-sectarian college prep school in the region, located on a beautiful 80-acre campus right here in Kinston. Parrot Academy draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Snow Hill, Greenville, Wilson, New Bern, Goldsboro, Maysville, uh, did I say Wilson? Yeah, Wilson, and Jacksonville. Listen, uh, Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or, uh, you know what, visit their beautiful campus. I mean, here we are, we're at the end of a school year, and you may be thinking, or, you know, maybe you got a little one, and you're like, I want to send my child to the best private school in eastern North Carolina. Hell, in North Carolina, give David Moody a call. Go visit him over at uh, Arendelle Parrot Academy, and I promise you, you will be impressed. Listen. I can make it this simple. If I if I had a child and I wanted to send them to a, uh, the best private school in uh, anywhere around here, it'd be easy for me because I only live about two miles away from Parrot Academy. I'd be sending my children over Parrot, to Parrot Academy, and that is no doubt whatsoever. Uh, so, listen. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to Rendell Parrot Academy one of our day one sponsors here on the Brian Hanks show, uh, along with Woodman life with Spence automotive with go office automation with UNC Lenore healthcare and Lenore community college. We really do appreciate all our day ones. We appreciate all our sponsors, but these people that have been with us since, uh, since we started this show back on December 2nd, 2019, uh, you, you got to give them a little extra love. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with get giving and getting love from newer sponsors. Uh, and we, and we love every one of them. Uh, But I'm telling you, man, uh, your day ones, you never forget the ones who were with you from the very beginning. That's for sure. So there you go. That's our uh, hit you with a couple of sponsors there. Let's uh, and then our next one, Down East Wood Ducks. Uh, You talk about a team that is, uh, (laughs) I guess we're going to have to start calling them the road, the road warriors. They won yet again in Fayetteville uh, yesterday, five to two. They've won all three games in this six game set so far against the Packers. The Woodies are now 9-8 and eight overall, again, with this three-game winning streak. They're only one place, uh, one game out of first place in the Carolina League South behind Carolina and Delmarva. Game four of their six-game series in Fayetteville is today at 7.05 p.m., and you can watch it on MILB-TV if you so desire. Uh, when they finish this six-game series in Fayetteville, they will travel to Fredericksburg, Virginia next week to take on the Nationals from, uh, what, Tuesday to Sunday next week. And then uh, they'll be back home finally on Tuesday, May the 9th. Can't wait to have our uh, Woodies back at home. And, again, thank you to the Down East Wood Ducks for being another one of our sponsors of the Brian Hank Show. Not a day one. They weren't with us on December 2nd, 2019, but they joined us a few months after, and they've been with us uh, ever since. So, again, uh, thank you to them. Thank you to John Clemens, uh, all the folks around the Downeast Wood Ducks and – uh, some, uh, some shocking news coming out of, uh, out of, uh, Granger stadium. And, uh, I've not tied it down yet. We'll probably hit it pretty hard next week, but I'll go ahead. And, uh, I guess I'll be the first to tell you that, uh, looks like, uh, the Downey's wood ducks are on sale. The Texas Rangers, uh, have, uh, put them up for sale. It's one of those little open secrets that people are kind of talking about out there a little bit, but like I said, I've not even talked to, clemens about it john clemens the general manager i've not talked to any of the folks down at historic granger stadium but again uh wade howell uh who is no longer with the team uh, he's put it out on social media and again i've verified it with a couple other folks here in town i haven't talked to the uh horse's mouth themselves over at granger stadium but just a heads up that uh yeah Downey uh, looks like the texas rangers have put the down east wood ducks up for sale but we'll get more of those details today is not the day for that because we've got a bunch of other stuff that uh, we've got to get to, but uh, we'll probably dive in feet first with that uh, on Monday. But just like I said, just putting a bug in uh, in my faithful listeners ears that yes, uh, like I said, uh, 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 Wade Howells, uh the former GM, former vice president of the Down East Wood Ducks and the Hickory Crawdads has, uh, has put it out there on social media too. And, and again, I've verified it uh, off the record with a couple of people and, We'll see what that means. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what that means. How long will a sell take? Uh, what if nobody buys the team? I don't know. Uh, we'll try to get more details about that. Maybe we'll try to get uh, – we were scheduled to have uh, Wade Howell on the show with us on Wednesday of next week. Maybe I'll try to get uh, Clemens on to uh, to help break this down for us or somebody from the Texas Rangers organization because we'd really like to know what's going on. There for sure. So there you go. But thank you, thank you, thank you to Down east Wood Ducks for being a sponsor of the Brian Hank Show. We truly do appreciate them for sure. Uh, ECU baseball—they uh, host Tulane this weekend. The Pirates are 29 and 12 overall. They're seven and five in uh, the AAC in the American Athletic Conference, and they host Tulane. I said this all week. It's kind of neat. Uh, Tulane's record is a polar opposite. Of uh, ECU both overall and in the conference. ECU is 29 and 12. Tulane is 12 and 29. ECU is 7 and 5 in the AAC. Tulane is 5 and 7, and they are scheduled to play them. uh, ECU and Tulane at Clark LeClaire Stadium all weekend, beginning tonight at uh, 6 o'clock. It's scheduled for tonight at 6 o'clock, and I got to tell you, the way it looks right now, it looks pretty good out there. Well, here in Kinston, I don't know how Greenville looks right now. But it looks pretty good here in Kenson. Again, uh, that game is scheduled for 6 o'clock. I'll be on the mic for tonight's game. If it does get moved, though, it would be moved to tomorrow at 1 Uh, o'clock. If there's a doubleheader tomorrow, it'll be uh, 1 o'clock and then probably 30, 35 minutes after that game uh, against Tulane. So there you go. That is uh, your ECU update. We're going to talk some Carolina Hurricanes here in a moment with uh, our good friend Paul Whittington. Uh, only one nba playoff game last night and uh the boston celtics wrapped up their first round series at atlanta 128 to 120 they win that series four games to two extended the series an extra day longer or a couple of days longer than it needed to be but that's all right uh the celtics will now take on the philadelphia 76ers in the uh, nba playoffs and that will begin uh i think sunday or early next week in fact why don't I look that up as I talk to you right now? I've got the uh, computer with the internet on it in front of me. And uh, da, 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 da. it'll be Monday, Monday night at, uh, seven the 76ers at the Celtics as they will, uh, tip off their second round series. So, uh, that will be, uh, Hey, that's going to be, uh, a pretty good, uh, series there, I believe. Okay let's uh, give you some local updates uh one i appreciate robert kravitz over to Rendell Parrot academy messaged with him uh and i their, their result wasn't up on max preps and neither uh enc moments or news news sports had it so i was like you know what i bet that game got rained out sure enough i uh messaged with uh, coach kravitz really appreciate you sir uh the patriots uh uh don't know He doesn't think it's going to be rescheduled uh they took they were supposed to take on Kerry christian last night in a non-conference game was gonna that it was gonna be a pretty good showdown because Kerry christian's 11 and 2 parrot is 16 and 7 that would have been a good game to uh a good one of those uh taking your temperature to see where you're at however like i said uh, coach kravitz messaged me and or i messaged him and he messaged me back and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be made up however whoo how about this? North and played. They moved all three of their games in baseball, softball, and uh, soccer up to last night. And a bad result for the Hawks last night. They lose at James Keenan last night 10 to 8. That means they've lost their second game in a row now. Both of them in the East Central 2A. They are now 13 and 4 overall. But more importantly, 7 and 3 in the EC 2A. Todd. With South Lenora for second, and it looks like Southwest Oslo is going to run away with the title now. Uh if they if they win out easily, if Southwest Oslo wins out, they're gonna win the title. But uh tough loss last night for uh, North Lenora against Keenan and and like I said, I thought it was gonna be played tonight. They moved it up to uh move, like I said, moved all three of their games up to uh, last night. But ten to eight, James Keenan beats uh, North Lenora last night. Uh Keenan only uh, nine and eight overall, five and five in the EC two A. So uh, the Hawks with some stuff to work out here. They've only got two games left in the regular season. Uh, They play uh, Kinston. They host Kinston on uh, Tuesday, and I believe Thursday they play uh, South Lenore. So we're going to, you know, obviously we'll be uh, trying to get uh, both coaches here on the show again uh, from North Lenore and South Lenore. Uh, Jackson Massey, our friend from uh, North Lenore, David Combs from South Lenore and get them to talk about that because now it's lo- it's shaping up. That is going to be uh, probably a game for second place uh, in the East Central 2A. And, man, just what a crazy season. What a crazy, crazy season it's been. But, again, North and some stuff to work on right now as they're uh, trying to wrap up their uh, regular season and losing games at the wrong time. It's never a good time to lose a game, I guess, but definitely struggling a little bit right now. Uh, four games scheduled for tonight. In prep baseball, and we'll do them in chronological order here at 4 p.m. tonight. Bethel Christian, who is 10 and 5 overall, there at home against Wilmington Christian, who is 11 and 8. Uh, Green Central, who has won 15 straight games in a row, they're 17 and 3 overall. They're 12 and 0 in the conference. They travel to Farmville to take on the Jaguars of Farmville Central. Uh, the Jaguars are 6 and 11 overall. They're 3 and 7 in conference play. Kinston is uh, one and fourteen overall. They're zero and ten in the conference. Uh, coming off that loss to Spring Creek Wednesday night, they travel to Beulahville to take on uh, East Duplin, who is eleven and eight overall, five and four in conference. And then South Lenore will be at home tonight in a non-conference game against Aiden Grifton. South Lenore is eleven and six overall. Aiden Grifton is twelve and eight overall. So that's your baseball update. How about softball? Uh, only one game last night. North Lenore. Defeated uh, James Keenan last night, nine to two, and uh, the 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 Lady Hawks, the Hawks softball team, uh, stopping their slide a little bit. They're now ten and five overall, six and four in uh, conference play. It drops Keenan to four and twelve overall, two and eight in the EC2A. And then we've got three games tonight scheduled in softball. Bethel Christian at home against Wilson Christian. Bethel Christian is seven and two. Wilson Christian is ten and eight. Uh, Kinston is uh, traveling to East Duplin. Kinston is zero and fourteen. They're zero and ten in the conference, and East Duplin is in first place in the EC2A. They're fourteen and four overall. They're nine and zero in conference play. And then Green Central is zero and nineteen overall. Zero and eleven in conference play. They travel to Farmville to take on the Jaguars, who are twelve and seven and four and six. How about girls soccer last night? Uh, we had uh, a couple of games last night. Nor. Or, uh, uh, north, north lost another tough game another they've now lost uh, at least two and maybe even three two to one games this year but definitely back-to-back games have lost uh two to one now as they fell to a very good or well, actually not a very good james keenan team they lost two to one north north fell to six ten and one three and six in the conference James Keenan improved to uh two eleven and one only their second game win of the season. They're also two and six in conference play. There are a couple of uh, girls' soccer matches today, and uh, one of them is right here in Kinston, is Bethel Christian, who is one and seven overall. They will take on Wilmington Christian, who is eight and five. That game is at four o'clock today. And the Impaired Academy, who is eight and seven overall. They're going to have a uh, mighty tall hill to climb, Paul Whittington, as uh, Parrot Academy travels to Rocky Mount Academy, who is 15 and 15-0 this year. So uh, if you were setting the line for that match tonight, Parrot 8-7, and seven, Rocky Mount Academy 15-0, and 0, wh- what kind of spread would you give uh, in tonight's game?
1: Who's the home team?
0: Rocky Mount Academy 15-0 and 0 against Parrot, who is eight and 8-7. Uh,
1: maybe minus one to, uh, to Rocky Mount
0: really just minus one see i would go higher i would probably say minus i think i would say minus four and a half goals i I think that would that would encourage see you got to encourage people to bet because if you gave me that minus one dude i would be jumping all over rocky Mountain academy and (laughs) i mean i'd be i'd be uh putting all your clothes all your mom's clothes you know uh i'd be betting all of that and all her jewelry she makes and dude even her barbie dolls man
1: you went to a very weird place very, very quickly.
0: <laughs> Paul, I'm Brian Hanks. Have you met me?
1: <laughs> I'm Paul. And you're Brian.
0: I am sorry. I was taking a sip of this disgusting body <laughs> armor
1: fruit punch. Do you drink body armor? I do, but not the fruit punch. It's I kinda... like the uh there's a couple of flavors I like. I like cherry lime and and I like blue raspberry. Those are the two that I'm like really high on.
0: Well, I've got a cherry lime in the refrigerator. Got it, and it's not that bad. I'll tell you the one that is bad though is the strawberry banana, because I love strawberries and I love bananas. But man, <laughs> strawberry banana
1: body armor, dude, not good. Not good at all. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'm not the biggest fan of artificially flavored banana products. <laughs> like that's the nastiest the nastiest dessert in the world to me is a banana flavored popsicle absolutely disgusting <laughs> i know you probably love them because you love all the weird things in life but, <laughs> but i, but I don't like popsicles. strawberry
0: banana well here's the thing i don't remember last time i've had a, a banana popsicle per se but i've had yeah. those uh real fruit popsicles you know what i'm talking about huh. That, yeah. that aren't artificially flavored and i know i've had a banana one man i'm telling you uh the peach ones are really good the strawberry <laughs> ones are really good but i can't remember last time i, I had a banana them. one
1: I love the strawberry ones. Oh, right. I, I don't think I've had the banana one, but uh, Sam gets those for for the house from time to time. And the strawberry ones are, are really, really
0: good. Well, there you go. Well, I would be remiss. You brought her up, and uh, you announced here on the show a couple of weeks ago that – or was it a couple weeks ago or was it last week? Man, mm-hmm. time, time flies. Anyway, that uh, your beautiful wife, Samantha, and you are having a child. You, you told us you were about 92% certain it was yours, and uh, – yeah. I'm joking, man. Uh, but it just catch us up. How's she doing? How's the baby doing? How are you doing? How's the uh, getting the house baby ready? All that, dude.
1: Yeah, well, we're we're gonna be working on the 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 room that has been designated the nursery. Uh, we're gonna be working on that over the weekend. Uh, we're up to about ninety five percent certainty that it <laughs> that it's mine. Uh, so so we're trending in the right direction there still. Um, and listen, I'm doing fine, but nobody really cares how I'm actually doing. Uh, I, they no, they no, only no. care time about out. baby and time, Sam. time out. I know you care. I, I know you I care. I believe I appreciate Yes, that. yes. You did. You did. You did. You you <laughs> asked. But I was just saying, like, nobody actually really cares how, how the guy's doing in the situation. They only care about about the girl and, and the baby. Uh, Sam's doing well. She is doing well. Um had a rough couple of days uh, with just nausea and things like that, things to be expected. Um, baby is, I think at last check, the size of an avocado. Uh, <laughs> we're, we, only, we only really get uh, fruits and vegetables <laughs> when it comes to figuring out like the baby's size right now. So hopefully we're going to be graduating into like sports balls here soon. Um, and we can move past, uh, all the fruits and vegetables because we're about out, if we're being honest, we're well, about
0: out. there you go. Well, I guess a baseball is bigger than an avocado, right?
1: Um, yeah. Depending on the avocado. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. But so they, we they have be, like an
1: oblong kind of, kind of shape to them though.
0: So, uh, so we should be baseball soon. But then after that, like a little Nerf football, then yeah. like a full size football. And then, uh, what, what comes after that?
1: Well, I think we go baseball, and then it's like the the size one mini soccer ball, and then we graduate <laughs> to football. Yeah. Um, well, and then yeah. Once once we get to basketball, we're we're probably about there.
0: I love it. I love it, man. Well, that's awesome. We just
1: what we don't want to do is go from sports ball and graduate back to fruit, and now we're talking about cantaloupes and watermelons. That would be, that that would be like. Right now the baby's
0: late. (laughs) I gotta tell you, dude. and you know, being outside your circle a little bit and just watching you and Mm -hmm. listening to your mom you're having a lot of fun with this, aren't you, dude?
1: I am. I am. I'm having a blast. Um and and I can't wait till the baby comes And, and we hope that he's healthy. Uh it is gonna be a boy, uh but but yeah, I'm I'm having a blast with this. I don't I like to remind Sam that I don't understand why she's feeling this way because i feel fine and she's like well it's not your kid but you keep saying you keep telling everybody we're pregnant so i'm just telling everybody i feel fine
0: well i gotta tell you when i was going through all this with all my buddies and all you know the guys i went to high school with and friends that were my same age back you know probably 20 years ago about where you're at right now you know late 20s early 30s uh and even some of the friends i had that had kids before that one of the things that I noticed, and you know, as being a, being an observer like I am, is that uh, I, there were like some of the guys, and I'm telling you, when I say some, I'd say sixty five, seventy percent of them, Paul, would gain the sympathy weight with their with their wife, you know, because you know they're trying to take care of their wife, and you know, uh, as she's gaining weight, and as she's you know getting a little bit bigger, and uh, I, I got to tell you, Paul, I noticed my guy friends would get a little bit bigger too. Are you worried? Are you worried about this phenomenon happening to Paul Whittington?
1: Yes. I actually told Sam this morning <laughs> before she left the house, like I'm joining a gym tomorrow. Okay. Um, those, those words actually came out of my mouth this morning. Uh, not because of like, like I have, there's, there's a certain figure we got to keep for, for the military to stay happy and in, in, in the good graces. So, um, no, I'm, I'm not actually like really worried about that i have a uh a pretty strict strict diet regimen uh that includes a lot of a lot of bush light um <laughs> notice so. notice folks he didn't say bush
0: he said bush light yeah, so that bush means light. you are That's looking right. out for your uh your girly figure for sure there dude
1: hey, did you know the Kings play today they do we're gonna get to it. <laughs> but i got one
0: more thing to talk about before dude i got you till the top of the hour right yeah, you do. Okay, you good, do. good, good, good. Dude, dude, we got thirty minutes, man. We're good. I just uh there like I said there's some of this peripheral we're, stuff that I wanted to
1: we're talking we're talking about my weight at this
0: point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted and I thanked you several times over the weekend, but I wanted to do it here on the air too, especially yeah. since uh our second hour guest is gonna be Wes Collins. Remember the gentleman that we met that nice. was wearing the yeah. Exactly. He's gonna uh catch us up on Uh, Or take us down memory lane back to uh, Kinston basketball in the late 80s, 80s, early 90s. You know, he played with Stackhouse uh, Mm -hmm. all three years. And then I think even in middle school, they played together too. So uh, we're going to talk to him about that and talk to him about his career at Furman. He's got a son that's going to be going to Furman and playing basketball next year. Dude, he's got – let me pull this up here. This was amazing what he told me. His daughter – let me find – She is the number one, check this out. I didn't even realize this until he sent it to me. And he even sent me the screenshot showing it to me. His daughter, Paul, is the number one high jumper, in the nation in the class of 2024 oh, wow. how crazy is that and she's uh number three overall in all grades but number one high jumper in the nation i believe she's going to carolina she's going to be uh, running track for uh, carolina his son is going to be playing basketball
1: at Furman next year dude that's crazy isn't isn't high jumping like reverse limbo <laughs> dude May that, I, may I get go? your
0: permission to use that line? Uh,
1: when, yes, when And I will even
0: say copyright 2023, Paul yeah. Whittington. How's that? I
1: like
0: it. I like it. But listen, I wanted to thank you uh, here on the air. I mean, I want to do it here on the air. I know I tried to thank you enough last Saturday, but you were my plus one for the Jerry Stackhouse uh, after party uh, from him being inducted to the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. I talked a little bit about that on Monday's show about the Hall of Fame itself, but I I saved this till today of, uh, like I said, uh, you going with me to that party in the the Sage Room in downtown Raleigh. (laughs) I had never been there before. Who did I talk to? I talked to somebody earlier this week. Oh, crap. Who was it? I was talking to somebody, and they were very familiar with the Sage room and said, you yeah, know, that's a very nice place, and I was very impressed. I just wanted to get your impression of our we, – we had I – mean, now, we were sort of wallflowers a little bit. We didn't know a lot of people in there. We knew Nick Harvey. I got. I met uh, Wes Collins, who, like I said, will be our second-hour guest here. But, dude, I had a lot of fun. Did you?
1: I, I did. I, I had a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun, and, and- – uh big, big thank you to to you for the invite. Big thank you to uh, Jerry Stackhouse and his group for all their hospitality. The, the open bar was definitely uh, much appreciated. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a cool event. I knew absolutely nobody other than Nick Harvey. Yep. Um. Uh. The the great lawyer of Kinston, Nick Harvey. I uh, love him to death. And. Um, I I don't know Jerry Stackhouse, but I know what Jerry Stackhouse looks like. <laughs> um, so so if I pass if I pass Jerry Stackhouse on the road, I'd be like, oh yeah, there's Jerry Stackhouse. That's cool. Um, other people, no clue. I, I know Rasheed Wallace was there. One uh, one of, one of uh, Jerry's teammates at, at Carolina. I think they played together in the NBA for for maybe a season or two. Um, but again, wouldn't know Rasheed Wallace if he if he walked up to my front door right now.
0: Okay, well, no, What if he walked up to your front door and barked?
1: Oh, ah, oh, sheeesh! There you are. He, and he did some barking. He did while we were some yeah.
0: barking. That's what <laughs> you know. Because I posted a few pictures, uh you know, on Facebook, and I had a couple people here in town ask me what was Rashid like. And I was like, you know, that vision or that. Now, bear in mind, I'm a lot older than you, uh Paul. I mean, I'm yeah. 20 years older than you. So I grew up. And I covered Rasheed Wallace when I was with the Gaston Gazette, and he and Jerry were playing for Carolina. I covered them in the ACC tournament back in, uh, what, 1994 and 1995. So, I mean, I remember, you know, both of them, I I worked the locker room with both of them. And Rasheed Wallace is almost exactly like you thought he would be. He's – what, what gregarious he he was very polite tell him what he said when I, I was like i wanted to get a picture with him and you took the
1: picture of us tell him what he said where's the camera <laughs> that's all he said <laughs> hey, just, go ahead. brian, brian walks up and says can i get a picture with you and it wasn't yes it wasn't no <laughs> it wasn't any sort of like really friendly greeting or anything it was just Where's the camera?
0: But he wasn't rude either, but it was just. No, no, he wasn't. He, he was wasn't. And he had a tone. smile on his face. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just the tone. I'm with you, dude. It was just the tone that he said it. Where's the camera? It was sort of uh, monotone, which he definitely Mm -hmm. was not the rest of the night. And it was just, you know me, dude. And I I think I've said it here on the air before. And, of course, Linda knows this. I love to people watch. I mean, more than anything, I think that's what made me a halfway good reporter was I am an observer. I'm somebody that likes to sit back. And I don't get it twisted. I like getting in the middle of stuff sometimes. But this was an event that – it was not a Brian Hanks and Paul Whittington get in the middle of kind of thing it was uh it was just awesome. I loved all the little video highlights that uh someone had put together of his career and of people in his past uh you know wishing him you know congrat- or congratulating him. He had a couple of players now we didn't stay for the whole thing. We left about what forty five yeah. minutes before it ended, I guess. But, uh, but he had like players from Vanderbilt. He had some people from Kinston that, uh, you know, wished him well and some former teammates. And I just thought, dude, that was about as classy and, and like, I promise we're getting ready to get to Carolina hurricanes here in a second, dude. But just last song, I just thought it was as classy and as well put together an event as something as anything I've been to in a while, dude.
1: It was, it was, it was really cool. And and congrats to to Jerry for his induction into the NC Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, And that's, that's what we were celebrating this, this weekend. And uh, it was, it was a great event. Um, If if Jerry Stackhouse is ever, is ever watching a montage of his career highlights uh, and, and people wishing him well, don't, Don't, don't talk to him. Don't make sure he can hear the TV and I won't, and I won't tell the story. I won't tell the story.
0: We'll leave leave
1: the curtain pulled, but, uh, yeah, don't, um, don't interrupt Jerry while he's watching his own highlights and, and hearing people, uh, Uh congratulate him on going into the sports hall. And the worst uh, part of that and
0: I can't even speak to it, dude. You're the witness to it because I had stepped to the restroom (laughs) and then I'm in the restroom doing my you know, whatever you do in the restroom. And then I hear a lot of laughing and a lot of clapping coming and then you told me what happened. But like you said, Mm -hmm. some things need to Yep, there you go. Some things need to remain private and that is one we will. Okay. Uh, again, Paul, thank you so much, man. That meant a lot to me that you went with me and uh you are the number one i you know uh, linda's gonna get mad if i say i'm not allowed to say that anymore on the <laughs> air did you know that uh
1: I, i've heard i know she's been seething about it for a little while
0: yeah she won't let me say it anymore so i'm not i will <laughs> just leave it at, that's another one we'll just leave the curtain pulled on that too okay but but you're number one bob <laughs> thank you thank <laughs> there you go okay uh man I watched that uh, game five the other night. Now on TV, were you? Now you went to the first two games. Were you at
1: that game too? Yeah, we were. We were there in in the arena.
0: Wow, you've not missed a home playoff game yet for uh, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I gotta ask. Uh, yes. I mean, the, the natural first question, Paul, is just how disappointed were you that the uh, that that our boys didn't come through? They lose three to two uh, against the Islanders, forcing a game six, which will be played tonight.
1: Yeah, it was um, not the best performance, uh, and, and there were some analysts out there that thought that the Canes looked the best in that game than they have all that they have all playoffs. Uh, I personally didn't agree, um, but I I thought they were fine. I think they're just some unlucky bounces that don't go your way, and it's and it's easy when you see all that kind of stuff to be frustrated. Uh, you know, the Canes finally get a goal and, and cut the, cut the islanders lead in half and then that goal is taken away uh, because the play was offside and we reset the clock and we do it again and then they ring one off the post not 30 seconds later and it's like oh, it's gonna be one of those nights okay we settle in and then Sebastian Ajo gets hit in the puck with a uh, hit, gets hit in the face with a puck right in front of the net. The puck bounces off him, he goes to the ground and falls right on the stick of, of an Islanders uh, forward, and he's able to bury it in the back of the net, right? Just the the bounces don't go your way, and and those nights are tough. and And unfortunately, it forced a game six. They're going to go back to the island tonight. Uh, we're maybe going to see a new face in goal with with Freddie Anderson, his first start of the playoffs. And uh, hopefully, they can they can get it done tonight. If they don't, we'll come back home on Sunday for a game seven. Uh,
0: man, I do not want to see that. That's uh, to me. Take kind of like what the Celtics did last night. They had the exact same situation where they lost a uh, game five at home. Uh, I mean, just no reason for them to lose it, and they lost it at home, but they did take care of business last night. That's what I'm hoping that Canes do tonight. Uh, before we uh, preview tonight's game, I do want to, man, we always talk about how tough hockey players are paul but Mm -hmm. sebastian aho our sebastian aho not uh new york's sebastian aho but our sebastian Mm -hmm. aho i know you were live there but i'm sure you've seen the replays uh since you know since that game that night that was as scary as anything i've seen dude especially when you see it in slow motion and the puck Mm -hmm. bounces off his face he in the face i mean and He gets it stitched up and comes right back into the game just a few minutes later, dude. Come on, man. These guys, dude, if you, I, let me ask you, I, Mark Panicelli and I talked about this on his show on Wednesday, but I want to ask you, dude, if you're hitting the face with a puck at what 85, 90 miles an hour, probably. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Are
0: are you even still, are you even still going to work here on Friday three days later?
1: No, I, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to lay on the ice and, Play dead and cry for about thirty minutes <laughs> um, before before I ever move. And I mean, he's on the ice for like less than thirty seconds. He gets up, skates off, gets stitched up, and comes right back out. But yeah, hockey hockey players have to be some of the toughest athletes in the world. You know, we make the joke all the time. But like LeBron James bends his pinky finger the the wrong way and he's out for two weeks. Sebastian Aho gets hit in the face with with a solid rubber puck and is is only out of the game for like two minutes before before he's back on the bench ready, ready to go, ready to roll. And uh, he, he played great after that. I think he even yeah. got a goal.
0: He did. He scored um,
1: a goal yeah. after that. And every time they would do it. Now,
0: again, you're there in the arena. You don't get to see the close-ups like we get to here on TV, mm-hmm. but don't get it twisted. I would have rather been in the arena. We, we
1: did. We, okay. we did. Um, they, they did put him on the video board. So, actually, when it happened at first, uh, the whole arena thought it was a high stick. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, because it was hard to tell, like, especially the higher up you get, it's hard to tell, like, where, where the puck is in relation to somewhere on, on Ajo's body. And at the time, the, the eventual goal scorer, I can't remember who it was, had his stick elevated at that particular moment. So the entire crowd thought it was a high stick, uh, a couple of minutes, of, a couple of seconds of booing the refs, and they finally put a replay up, and you see it actually go off of his face um so so you know then and there it's not a high stick and then when he came back out onto the bench they actually put him on the on the screen and of course like once once he's on the screen and tv's had a chance to get pictures of it it's all over twitter as well So, so yeah every everybody in the arena was able to see it once once he came back out onto the bench
0: dude it was again i just i salute him i salute hockey players i've always said this dude i wrote a column about this for the gaston gazette back in i don't know in the 98 99 range when i was covering the echl and i'd had a chance to you know for a season or two cover the echl along with you know doing nfl games major league baseball and minor league baseball and uh what am i forgetting Uh, anyway just all the major sports Dude, hockey players, they are the real deal, man. And I still say to this day, Paul Whittington, they are the best athletes, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. between the skating and having to be so proficient as a skater and then handling a puck and skating backwards and everything. And then on top of that, that doesn't even mention you could do all that, but still, like you said, do the Duke flop, you know, on the ice when someone Mm -hmm. touches you, man, hockey players, man, those are real athletes.
1: that's called embellishment in the world of hockey, and and you get a two minute two minute minor for it uh, for all, for all that flopping. But but they really are, and and you you know you talk about the forward skating, the backward skating, and and all that fun stuff, but and all the hand eye coordination that goes along with it. But you also take into account the hits. Uh, you, you know that well that sports science show that was on TV a few years ago. Uh, you know analyzed football hits versus hockey hits, and football hits are are check that. Uh, Hockey hits are more significant than, than football hits. And, and they put up with them all game long and they just continue to, to skate fast, get hit in the face with bucks, get stitched up and just keep playing through all that pain. It's, and, you know, and, and we talked the other day about, uh, Taylor Terravine getting a broken hand, uh, after, after game two. He's out for the series, but, uh, you know, it's possible that in round two, we could see Tavo Teravine again playing with a
0: broken hand. Well, first we got to get to round two, and that's going to involve right. winning tonight or uh, winning Sunday afternoon at PNC. Uh, I just one my last thing about and looking back before you pre, uh, before you preview tonight's game, Paul. How crazy was it? Were you aware of it in the moment that there were two Sebastian Ajos in the penalty box yeah. on, for, on a Tuesday night? How crazy was that?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's, this whole series with with the two Ahos, of course every every time those two are on the ice together, they're <laughs> highlighting it, whether it's on TV or, or in the arena. But 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 it is a very unique situation having both of them in the in the penalty box.
0: It was it was so crazy. Okay, let's preview tonight's game. It's Game Six of the Stanley Cup Playoff first round between the New York Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. It will be played tonight. You can watch it. On your very own TV, if you want to, at seven o'clock on TNT, uh, between uh, Game Six, Carolina's up three games to give us a preview of tonight's game, Paul.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that we'll see Freddie Anderson in the net tonight. Um, they'll give they'll give Auntie Ronta a break, and and we'll see his playoff debut for the for the season. Uh, they're going back to Long Island, a pivotal Game Six uh, for for the games. It's win and. Go on to the next round to to face the winner of the Devils and the Rangers series, or it's come back to Raleigh after a loss and and force a uh, winner take all game seven. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're not in that situation. Uh, I don't. It's it's hard to make a prediction for tonight. I, I feel a little bit as if now that both teams have gotten a win on the road, that that this game really could go either way. And and I think for the games it's important to to score. Score first, score early, get that out of the way. Um, every single game this in this series, a team that has scored first has gone on to to win the game. So so I think getting that all-important first goal, get it early in the first period, knock that out of the way, and, and get to your game as quickly as you can, I think that's the recipe for the Hurricanes tonight. We'll see. We'll see. It's, a, it's going to be a ruckus crowd up there at, uh, what is it, UBS Arena on the island up there in New York. So, but um, – Hopefully, hopefully the Canes can come away with it. And I said a minute ago, they get the winner of the New Jersey uh, Rangers series, uh, the Devils in the Rangers series. That game, uh, the Rangers jumped out to a very quick two-game two lead. That series has now switched. Flip-flop, the Devils hold a 3-2 to two series lead after a 4 nothing win last night. Uh, looking at other series around the league right now, Toronto, uh, they fall last night. That series now three to two. They'll play again on Saturday. And then the Golden Knights, the first team to punch their ticket to the, uh, to the second round, they are, uh, they, they take down the, the Winnipeg Jets. Looking at other games around the NHL tonight, the Bruins and the Panthers, uh, they'll be in Florida. That series three to two in favor of the Bruins. The Stars up three games to two on the Wild. And then this one's interesting to me for the first time. Uh, in the history of this young franchise, the Seattle Kraken find themselves in the NHL playoffs, and they have to go up against the defending Stanley Cup champion, uh, Colorado Avalanche. The Kraken currently hold a 3-2 to two, uh, series lead with uh, Game 6 tonight in Seattle.
0: Well, That last series in particular, talking about the Kraken, you were talking about the Vegas uh, Golden Knights, too, who have already, like you said, they're already in the second round what what is one of these old time old-time uh, franchises and I, I detroit just jumps out at me off the top of my head that haven't had a lot of success say in the last 10 years or so uh and then you get the Kraken, you get the golden knights who just have just busted into the league and are just yeah. you know already winning i mean i i would be mad if i was a, a red wings fan or you can name another franchise that probably again i'm not as proficient in nhl as you are but I would be upset if I was a fan of a team that, you know, hadn't made it to the playoffs in several years or hadn't done anything and you've got the Kraken come in and doing what they're doing and, and the Golden Knights in their very first season a couple of years ago uh, making it to the Stanley Cup final.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's easy to, to be frustrated. Um, I I, th- I think the biggest reason for, for frustration uh, would would be because you know they have GMs and, and owners that are willing to spend money and, and maybe your home team doesn't. Uh, I, I personally am not bothered by the fact that they, they make it to the playoffs. I think that that just shows uh, how competitive the, the NHL is and, and the level of competition. Uh, this is the best hockey league in the world, and, and I think that right there, the fact that you have the Golden Knights, uh, who are, what, only four or five years old at this point, and the Seattle Kraken playing in their second season, and they're both in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the the Golden Knights went went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year, and I think they have made the playoffs every single year that they've been a franchise. Um, it just speaks to how competitive this league this league is. I think what frustrates me is you know this is the Kings' twenty fifth anniversary of being a franchise since they uh, relocated from Hartford, and <clears throat> excuse me, they only just played their first outdoor game and it was a stadium series. It's not even the primetime um, Winter Classic game. And now next year's Winter Classic going to be in Seattle when the Kraken hosts the Vegas Golden Knights. That, to me, yeah. is what frustrates me about the new franchise, not yeah. the fact that they're in the playoffs.
0: Well, I can understand that. because uh, We've only got about 10 minutes left. A quick prediction for tonight. I mean, you gave us a preview. What do you think happens
1: tonight in, on Long Island? Yeah, it's, it's just it's. I don't know. I my wa- I'm gonna bet with my wallet here because I don't want to have to pay for a game seven. So uh, hopefully <laughs> the game shut it down tonight. I'm gonna take the game
0: tonight. I love it. I love it. Okay, that voice you're to is Paul Whittington. He is our NHL expert. Obviously, you just heard him talking about the Carolina okay. Hurricanes and Stanley Cup playoffs. He's also our NASCAR guy. We're going to get to that in about one minute because I know uh, we messaged you, or uh, we were messaging, and you said you really didn't know other than the first pick in the NFL. So I'm not. We're not going to dive into the NFL draft. However, I would. You are a huge Ravens fan. Uh, one of the two Ravens fans in my life that are just crazy about him. How? Just your emotions uh, when you find out Lamar Jackson uh, re-ups for five years. With all that guaranteed money, and I mean, he is going to be your starting quarterback in Baltimore for the next five years, probably. Uh, your thoughts on that?
1: I'm i glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I'm, yeah. glad it's over. Uh, I'm glad we don't have to talk about it anymore and, and we can move on and, and get ready for the season. I will tell you, though, that I was a little bit annoyed that the story broke really just a couple of hours before, before the draft, which – I, in my opinion, just kind of took some of the spotlight off the draft and, and the young kids that are that are becoming the first few picks in in the NFL in the NFL draft. So uh, I didn't I didn't love the timing of it, but I'm glad it's over and we don't have to talk about it anymore. And Lamar Jackson's going to be a Raven for at least the next five years.
0: Are you happy with it though? I mean, I mean, not just that yeah, the, yeah, the story's I, over, yeah, but I, are you happy to have him as your quarterback for the next five
1: years? I am. I, I mean, I've long said that, that I thought he was our guy. I mean, I was at peace with the fact that he might not be here next year. And I, I, was, I was fully prepared to embrace a new quarterback. But, I mean, I, I think he is the future of this franchise. I think a lot of the pieces have been built around him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly glad that he'll be back next year and, and for the next few years. Well, got him a good
0: receiver last night, uh, too. So, uh, you should be pretty happy with that, that, uh, I mean, again, it looks like that, uh, they are doing their best to build around him, which, which is really all they've needed to do. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. glad it's done for you for Scott, but, uh, man, I think, uh, I think it's going to be, you guys are going to be in good shape. Okay. NASCAR last week, uh, you were in, well, not you, but the series was in Talladega, and doggone if kyle bush right place right time wins his second race of the of the season uh with a last lap crash
1: yeah it's you know we talk about it all the time at these super speedway racetracks uh, both daytona and talladega uh you just have to run your race and you have to be in position at the end and and that really applies for for any race you know run run your race stay near the front be in position at the end and you might have a chance but that's just so true. At tracks like Daytona and Talladega in this pack racing format, where you don't have to lead any laps, you just have to lead the one that matters, and that's the last one. Um, and and I know Ryan Blaney's frustrated because he's still searching for his first win since like 2021. Uh, it's it's been a long time since Ryan Blaney went back to victory lane, and he led the most laps, but unable to come away with a win because it was him that was involved in that in that uh, last lap crash. He was able to get through it, but because he had to check up for for the twenty three after he started going around on the on the white flag lap. Kyle Busch was able to drive right around and and take the checkered flag. So uh, it's all about being in the right position at at the right time. And and fortunately for Kyle Busch, he was he was running right there when when the leaders got tangled up, and he was able to drive right past him and, and get his second win of the season.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you this, Panicelli, and I talked about this on Monday's show uh, mm-hmm. right after the race. Kyle Bush's last super speedway rate win was in 2008. Okay. So we're talking yep. 15 years ago, dude. If I remember it, you were still in high school 15 years ago, right?
1: <laughs> I graduated
0: in 2008. There you go. Well, but when he won his last super speedway race, you were, that's your senior year in high school. Here's what we were trying to figure out. And we just real quick went through the field and looked at, we we're trying to figure out who was, who were full-time racers. On the NASCAR's top circuit, Winston Cup, whatever it was called then, probably Sprint Cup or Nextel or whatever the hell it was. But who were the the full-time drivers 15 years ago? And I'm just going down the field. I think Keselowski was 15 years ago, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Harvick certainly. Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin
0: certainly. Would have been
1: yeah. there. And who else? Um, it's it's not many other guys. Uh, Eric A. Amarola? Was Amarola? No, no, okay. no. No, no. Um, AJ Allmendinger might might have been around. I'm not sure about Brad Keselowski. I don't okay. think he had signed with Penske yet.
0: Um, <laughs> but is that not crazy though? That 15 year you know drought between Super Speedway races. Yes, it's is 62 62nd uh, victory overall in his career. But I just thought that. <sighs> It's almost like, you know, listen, I feel about Kyle Bush the same way I feel about LeBron James in the NBA. The Mm -hmm. same way I feel about Tom Brady in the NFL. You know, I'm not a fan of them. Even Michael Jordan. I was never a a Jordan fan anyway. I love his shoes. I think he makes great shoes. But you know, I'm not a fan of all but you got to respect him. And that's how I feel about Kyle Bush is, I mean, especially when you look at a number like that, dude. I mean, 15 years between Super Speedway wins and uh, you, you don't have to be a fan of Rowdy, but you got to respect him, don't you?
1: You, you certainly do. Uh, he he is definitely one of the best drivers of our time. And and after a quick uh, search here, Brad Keselowski made his Cup debut in 2008. He ran two of the final three races of the season, making wow. his debut at the Texas Motor Speedway, and then ran um, the the final race there at Homestead. So. Uh, he wasn't quite a full time driver yet, but he was in the field with Kyle Busch back in 2008 at at the end of the, at the end of the season. That's crazy.
0: So then it's Denny Hamlin and uh, Kevin Harvick, essentially. What about J.J. Yaley, dude? Yeah. Was he? He's never really had that. You know, he's never been on a, a top notch team. But I, I kind of feel like he was around then. You you got it right there in front of you.
1: Um, J.J. Yaley might have been – Eric Almirola made his cup debut in 2007. So okay. So that would have been – yes, that that would have been he – he would have been in the field. I don't have J.J. Yaley right in front of me. Okay. Um, my buddy Steven just shot me a text, Jeff Gordon. Uh, yes, Jeff Gordon was in the field in 2008, but he wasn't a full-time driver. He's not a full-time driver this year. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what we're talking about here. Denny Hamlin certainly would have been, if Kurt Busch was still driving, we could put him in that category as well, because he was definitely around back then, but um, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's slim pickings for who was around 15 years ago, and when you think about it, you know, you look at this field, Kevin Harvick is really the last tie back to the days of Del Earnhardt racing, Yeah, and that, that goes back to 2001, and Kevin Harvick, that link exists because Del Earnhardt passed, and when Kevin Harvick retires this year, there's, nobody left that actually links us back to that era of racing god
0: dude that is just crazy to me it's just absolutely crazy to me okay uh this week we are uh the nascar series or do you have anything else you want to say about talladega
1: no i I just you know first of all i thought it was a great race um i was i was very impressed you know we saw a wreck fest on saturday with with the nascar xfinity series and you kind of expect that when you go to tracks like Daytona and Talladega, I thought they ran a great race, there was, it was exciting, the drivers were patient, um, I, you know, other than the, the Bubba Wallace-Ryan Blaney incident, when Bubba's got to make that block because they're coming to the checkered flag, yeah, yeah. Um, can't, can't blame him for, for doing what he did, but you, you, 27 drivers that finished on the lead lap, I thought that was great, uh, three drivers finished one lap down because they were involved in that last lap accident. Uh, You had 35 drivers that made it to the advertised distance of 188 laps while on the lead lap. Uh, So that was the majority of the film. We only had 38 drivers in the event, 35 of them, go the advertised distance and run it on on the lead lap. And then ultimately, you know, we had the two overtime finishes and ended up running 196 laps. But uh, congrats to Kyle Busch, and now we can look ahead to
0: dover this weekend uh one of my favorite tracks too i've actually covered a race up there before too uh the monster mile and dover mm-hmm. and just one of those old style tracks i mean that that i like i mean and, and listen nothing against vegas nothing against texas motor speedway or you know any of these newer newer cookie cutter kind of tracks what i consider them. man a very unique track a very unique layout i i love dover your thought do you do you like dover
1: it's a, I, I love Dover. It's okay, a very okay. tricky speedway. Um, very, very, very tricky speedway to get around. It's only, it's only a mile long. Uh, you know, they call it the monster mile. And, you know, one of those things is you you got to be careful because uh, miles, the monster will just reach right out and grab you and pull <laughs> you into that outside <laughs> fence. Um, and it's, it's so tricky. And, and, you know, it's, I think it's coming off of turn number two, you have such a massive elevation change where it feels like you're dropping like four stories and like, like you're almost like on a roller coaster. It's a, um, and, and that part can really, really, really mess with drivers, especially that aren't used to turning laps there at Dover because they they talk, you'll hear them talk about it on radio and uh, TV this weekend, how the car lands on, on corner exit. And that's, they're, they're talking about that downhill portion where you have such a drastic elevation change and how's the car land when it gets to the bottom of that elevation change? And are you able to keep it pointing in the right direction? Uh, we'll, we'll see a very interesting race this weekend at Dover, no doubt about it. Uh, this is a tricky track. It's got one of the coolest trophies in all of NASCAR because they give you that monster, that Miles the Monster statue with a die cast of, of your car in, in the, the palm of the, the, the monster's hand. And then your car actually goes up, the, the massive statue that they have outside. The racetrack there of Miles the Monster, uh, a, a full-size replica of your car actually <laughs> goes into into his hand. I think it actually might be the winning car, right? but I know with the next-gen car, you know, with, with things being at, at such a premium right now, I think it's a uh, just a mock-up whether they actually put in Miles the Monster's hand, which is which is really cool.
0: It is extremely cool okay uh last question here as we wrap up our first hour in two minutes uh who you got i mean who are who are the favorites and uh who is paul Whittington picking to win uh this week in uh dover
1: yeah it's tough uh we've this will be the hundred and fifth time that we've run at at the dover now now called the dover motor Speedway now a uh, uh speedway motorsports incorporated property <coughs> excuse me. Chevrolet has actually won five of the last ten uh, Dover races. Four of those five wins have been by Hendrick Motorsports. The only other win, not Hendrick, that was Chevrolet was Kyle Larson. He won in 2019 with Chip Ganassi Racing. I like the Chevrolets this weekend. I, at these kind of racetracks, I just think Hendrick Motorsports is the team to beat. I, I think I like Alex Bowman this weekend at, okay. at Dover. I love so it. Who you got? you know i
0: i've not done enough research to give you an educated opinion i don't know i would love to see i'm with you uh you were talking about uh the guy who finished ryan blaney i'd love to see ryan blaney i mean i just he has been patient i think he's one of the 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 great personalities in racing right now but dude i like the guy with the black hat every once in a while and i think ross Chastain. Oh, uh, yeah. I would like to see him. So I think that's who I, that's who I, I, I know he's a Chevy driver and all that. And I, you very rarely hear me go Chevy, but dude, I like the guy with the black hat sometimes. And I, I'm going, I think it's going to be Ross Chastain. How's that?
1: Yeah. I, I like that pick. I, I, he's a, he's a threat to win every single weekend and that team just continues to get better and better.
0: Well, very good. Well, listen, uh, Paul Whittington, for the last time, I will thank you for uh, being my plus one last weekend. I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to uh, talk to us every Friday. And, uh, dude, uh, hug Sam. Give Sam a gentle hug for me and for your mom, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? I'll do
1: it. Thanks, Brian. Have a great weekend. We'll we'll see you next week. There you go. That's Paul
0: Whittington, our uh, NASCAR, our NHL expert uh just uh we really do appreciate him uh again like i said uh joining us every week so uh man hurricanes come on let's get a win tonight so we're not having to worry about uh a game seven on sunday which i may try to go to uh if they do play game seven on sunday in raleigh but anyway uh l- let's get that squared away so again thank you so much to paul whittington for joining us here in our first hour coming up here in our second hour in just Two minutes. Uh, we're going to have Wes Collins joining us from uh, from uh, Morehead City here on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.